Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So my guest today is Alicia Lyons. This badass mama... I wanted to talk to her for a thousand reasons. The first one is a great book that she wrote that is called Good Moms Don't. Listen again. Good Moms Don't, Ditch Mom Guilt, and Find You're Happy. Ladies, that's all I'm going to say because we're going to just talk about all of that. Oh, and more. Hang on. Lots more surprises. So. With that, I want to say thank you, Alicia, for joining us today. I so appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, and um, I'm excited to get in, get started. Okay. So the uh, we always start with, tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Awesome. So I was born, in, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. So back um, when... <laughs> <laughs> It was a cold winter night. Uh, I was born in the summer, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, funny story, though. I was born in, uh, my mom went into labor watching E.T. I've never watched the movie, but um, apparently I didn't want to watch it is, then. Oh, <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, you've got to see it. That's a classic. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. I know I've seen clips of it, but so... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's it's important. I think it's po- important part of my maybe mom guilt uh, journey to acknowledge the fact that I didn't always want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I was babysitting a lot, you know, because mm-hmm. teenage girls, that's kind of what you do. Sure. Um, and I spent an entire week at a Christian camp or not entire week, an entire summer (laughs) at Christian camp, like seven out of the nine weeks that they were open, I was there counseling. And I think I just got burned out. Um, And that's when I really started saying, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a mom. I don't want to be around kids. I don't like kids, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Truth be told, I don't even like the bastards, but anyway. (laughs) And I mean, there's still only a few kids that I like and they're, most of them are related to me, but um, I, of course I love my son, but, um, so biological clock started ticking, you know, around 
25, 26 years old. And Mm -hmm. um, I met my son's dad and we got married, you know, in 2.8 seconds after meeting each other. And um, three minutes later, we decided to have a baby and it actually Mm. took a year and a half to get pregnant. And as you can tell from my story, I'm, I'm a very impatient person, (laughs) you know, I mean, we literally married after six months of meeting I think three months into marriage, we decided we wanted to have a baby. And then it took 18 months for me to get pregnant. And so, but once I I had him, you know, it was, it was the best thing ever. And mm-hmm. about a year and a half later, not even, my son was probably 14 months, I, his dad and I split. Mm-hmm. And so that's about the time that I went into the pit of despair, <laughs> as I love to uh, call mm-hmm. it. And, you know, I just felt like I didn't have any support. I didn't have, you know, my parents, I moved in with my parents and my dad said that very kindly that we are not built-in babysitters, mm. um, which made, which I heard, don't ever ask for babysitting. Isn't that so interesting? (laughs) It's so interesting the way it's received. And I don't know, maybe that was the intention or maybe it was, you know, like, let's set the guidelines early. But maybe at the time you could have used, I don't know, something a little like a hug, maybe. And uh, we've got you just just a little, (laughs) you know, things were a little tough, but your parents didn't come from divorce. So they let me ask that question. They were together. They did. They did. No, my, my, they did. Okay. Yeah. My, my dad and stepmom had been married, have been married and my mom and stepdad, Mm -hmm. they've both been married um, to their, their partners Mm -hmm. for 35 years now, but uh, they, my parents divorced and, you know, I just, my dad just doesn't sugarcoat Mm -hmm. things. Sometimes Mm -hmm. he, you know, those kinds of conversations were super awkward for him. And anything that anybody said during that time for me was not right. received well. No. You know? <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, You're right. It would yeah, not have mattered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, all of my limiting beliefs were triggered at that time that, you know, I'm not good enough and nobody likes me and I'm treated differently. And, you know, I had all of those things mm-hmm. um, that I didn't know existed at that point, but they were mm-hmm. all being triggered. And so, you know, and, and ultimately he did start babysitting on a regular basis mm-hmm. where yeah. he was going, he was going over to my brother's house and watching their son for an hour And so he wanted to do the same thing for me. And I'll tell you, when you're a single mom, an hour is a blessing. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. a single mom and an entrepreneur, like that's just gold. Yeah. And and, it was so good. Anyway, so at that point, I just felt super unsupported. And I was in a direct sales business that I had you know, basically I was in this, this pit of despair because all the things that I was proud of were stripped away one by one. And so like, I was proud of being a wife and I was proud of being a military wife. Um, I was, uh, in the top 2% in the direct sales company. I was, um, I had earned a free car with mm-hmm. them and, and, and I was a mom and I had this amazing little son and, and it was great. And then one by one, first the wife and military wife. And 
then the directorship, and then the car. And then my son started showing these behaviors that I was just like, I don't, I don't know what is happening with this kid. And so I felt mm-hmm. like a bad mom. Mm-hmm. So all of everything <laughs> that I had been proud of recently, or, you know, at that time was stripped away. And so as I started to feel better, just time goes on and you kind of adapt to your surroundings. Like I wasn't really doing anything to make myself feel better. Just kind of mm-hmm. time went on. Um, I wanted to get back into the top 2% of my company and I was really struggling. Uh, so I hired a life coach. Here we go. Um, Let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who and he was he actually caters specifically to that um, that that company, mm-hmm. and I went through a course of his that call that was called Success and Fulfillment mm. in the in this business. Right, and I was like, "Ooh, success in the business, awesome!" I was like, "Fulfillment, what's I, whatever, success? That's what I want, right?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so. Because of that course, you get a one-on-one free coaching call. And then after the coaching call, I signed up for a year-long package. And Mm -hmm. I probably talked about my business to this day, maybe like five times in coaching. And But the rest of it was about me and these limiting beliefs. And a lot of it was my relationship with my dad. It's just healed all of those things. So much so that I you know, became certified, um, in his program. And I've mm-hmm. gone to the top level of, of what he certifies and mm-hmm. success. And just, yeah. <laughs> I've gone I to the just, top level of success. Okay. Yeah, success. Yeah. <laughs> so now I just fell in love with the personal development world. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, he, the, First level of his second level of his program. Um, I've been to the that live event six times now because again, obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the third time that I went, right before I realized I was feeling some some guilt it's about okay. something. It's okay. <laughs> I, I see him in the background. It's fine because of course he's gonna play with the squeaky toy. Don't worry, it's <laughs> fine. The squeaky is the best. Yes. <laughs> I prefer the squeaky over my shoe, to be honest. Okay. To be honest. Yes. It's and, and okay, he agrees. Okay. And if I throw it, he'll think I'm playing catch. So indeed. Um, indeed. Anyway, so right before the event, I felt like I was um I was feeling guilty about something because I went to a doctor appointment with my son who was complaining about something. And I thought it was related to this incident where two, three years earlier. Um, mm-hmm. He was with a babysitter and she was inappropriate with him. Mm-hmm. And at that point I did all the things that you're supposed to do as a good mom. Like I filed a police report. I um, filed a child protective service uh, report mm-hmm. because I actually believed that that little girl was being abused as well. I put him in counseling to make sure he mm-hmm. was okay. I did all the things that you're supposed to do. Like that's what you're supposed to do. You take care of the kid, right? Mm-hmm. I never once thought about how it was affecting me or how oh. I felt about it. I didn't acknowledge my feelings about it at all. It was all about him, mm-hmm. which in the beginning, yeah, it should be all about him, take care of him, make sure he's okay, and then process it for 
myself, but I didn't do that part. And it wasn't until I went to this doctor appointment and I mentioned it to them because I thought whatever what he was complaining mm-hmm. about might be related. Sure. They wanted to file another re- police report and child protective services report. They wanted, and then I I just got irrationally angry. That's how I defined it because I I it I usually am a, after coaching for so long. I'm a pretty calm person. I don't you know react. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could work <laughs> it through. Sure. You know, I can, I can talk, I can coach myself for mm-hmm. coach myself down out of situations. And I wasn't able to do that. I, I walked out of the doctor's office. They had to call me <laughs> to, to finish the process. And I was like, I'm done. I'm, I just, I'm not doing this. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. Why was I so angry about it? You know, every time this topic comes up, I, mm. I get really emotional. You get a little triggered. It. Right. And I was like, I'm like, I might be feeling guilty about this. So my life coach, the one that I had hired, she was doing a demo in this in this um, in this course on guilt and shame, and she went around the room and and I I had texted her, so I couldn't get out of it, like because I know that I will try to get out of it, mm-hmm. and I think I feel guilty about something. And so when everybody when she asked in the room and who's got some guilt, I was the only one that didn't raise my hand because it it wasn't present at that moment. And I had forgotten because mm. that's what mm. our brain, my brain was doing. It was yeah. compensating to tuck it away. Me. And so after hearing a couple of the things, I was like, Oh yeah, I did feel guilty about something. And I raised my hand and I, I said, um, I let my son get hurt or I let someone mm. hurt my son. Listen and to those words. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Like it, I 100% made it my fault you know, because I should have known better. Like in the reality, in my worldview, a 13 year old girl doesn't do that. That doesn't happen to little boys. Right. It happens to girls way too much, but it doesn't happen to little boys. Mm -hmm. That was my worldview at the time. It's Mm -hmm. since opened up. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that was, that was my experience of life. And so anyway, as she walked me through this process and and I let go of the guilt and it felt like having 50 pounds of, I was going to say liberating. Oh my goodness. So much. And I realized so many things were connected to that guilt. I knew I wanted to work with moms and I, I always knew I wanted to work with moms and I didn't know why <laughs> specifically, uh, honestly, yeah. until I wrote the last chapter of my book that I realized that it was about my mom and how my mom was always sad and that Mm. all I wanted was a happy mom. When I started interviewing moms to kind of get into their head and figure out what Mm -hmm. they're struggling with, I just kept hearing guilt, guilt, guilt. And so I, I was my, my confidence at that time in my coaching skills and in my talking skills was not there, but I had a lot of confidence from growing up in my, in my writing skills. Okay. And so I wrote first, I started my blog, I wrote the book and I've since gained the skills to talk (laughs) and coach. Um, And the, and the reaction 
I mean, first you're so writing it. So when you first put a blog out or even pose a question like, all right, moms, all right, ladies, you know, who's, I mean, we can beat ourselves up for the littlest thing, perhaps, you know, not sending the right lunch that day. Or I think I forgot. And my kids are older adults, actually, but I think it was maybe my middle one. And did I forget it? It was school picture day. And, you know, I probably sent her looking like, I don't know, God only knows what, and then realized and, you know, went for a just, and it was the end of the world. And, and that was just a silly thing, but we put so much pressure on tie it with that pretty bow, always, always in order. And that's not really life. And, and the, you know, your guilt and how you were saying earlier that I was fine. I was even, even when you lost your identities or, and they were honestly, they were just titles. Mm -hmm. They were titles. They didn't, although that you thought they defined you at the time. Because I didn't know who I was correct for those things like right. i was doing those things to figure right. out who i was and i right. know that i was doing that yeah like <laughs> i i it, and it's funny cuz i love i love that cuz it's we all kind of share that uh description of ourselves that's why i always say like oh, tell us about you and i'm always uh, like i want to hear the well i'm a whatever you happen to be at the time. And I've learned after I started kind of doing this exercise for myself and I say, well, let me see where I started. I'm a, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a, you know, then I became a wife. Then I became a mother. And in one day, a month ago, I started my day as the mother of the bride and ended my day. Now I'm a mother-in-law. Wow. Yeah. And that's how fast it happens. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know, like, uh, it, so it's, they're just little labels, little just adjectives of that moment. Yeah. But I'm still Stephanie. I'm still, you know, Ralph and Gilda's daughter is how I started this whole journey. And I'm still that, even though my mom's been gone for 30, I'm still her daughter. Mm-hmm. That part didn't change. So it's it's just really interesting, the process of who am I? Right. You know, the, the who. And then I figured there had to be a life coach or some sort of a coach somewhere in there. I was kind of, mm-hmm. I was kind of waiting, waiting for. for it, waiting for it as I, I, it's my love language talking to other coaches and I one common denominator is most coaches have been coached, which is why you want to like, oh my God, this is like, have you tried this? This is great. Let me share this with everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about that whole, the whole industry of it. So it's great when the light becomes really bright and things become really focused and clear. And I didn't know that talking to coaches was a love language because 100%. <laughs> I'm easy that way. I mean, you know, I ask it now. <laughs> so you go through, you go through this and you start putting into probably obviously the written word, probably all of the thoughts that 
any mother walking on this earth has gone through and has felt and has experienced in some way, shape, or form. So what was the reaction at first when you first published your blog or maybe posed some questions or how did you how did you present it? Whose reaction for the, the 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 other moms out there when you publish your blog about okay, girl, you know, who's ever felt this way? Because I felt like, you know, major fail here when it was my just, fault. Just recently I posted something really simple like mom guilt is real. Mm. What do you feel guilty about? There's probably 150 comments mm-hmm. on each post because I did it mm-hmm. in multiple groups mm-hmm. and there was a couple of times where a mom would where one mom jumped on and said absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and I'm actually more fascinated I'm fascinated by those yeah, ones. <laughs> I'm like really that's let's, the one you will kind of want to reach out to right let's, let's go on yeah yeah let's uh yeah. <laughs> Here's a mirror. Why don't you just take a little look first? And right. And then there was one post that or comment that actually kind of bothered me because I understood what she was doing, mm-hmm. but it was very dismissive. And she basically said, you know, mom guilt is BS. We're all great moms. We're doing an amazing job. And it bothered me because of the dismissiveness of it, because to me, it was dismissive. You know, it was, number one, this is my post, go away. <laughs> um, but it's, it's it was, it kind of felt like discrediting what I do. And so maybe that's something I need to <laughs> coach on. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, it felt dismissive to the moms because I put myself in their situation. And if I was saying, Oh, I feel guilty that I let someone hurt my son. If my coach's response had been, Oh my gosh, mom guilt. So stupid. Like you're doing a great job. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah, just yeah. Have to shut yeah. me down. Um, yeah. And I have a, a lifetime of having my emotions shut down. And so that's, and we all do. And yeah, you know, and, and that was obviously uh, a trigger. I think that um, sometimes it's either the words used, uh, it becomes semantics, but I was always a working mom. Like I was one of the few that, yeah, I worked every day. And granted, when my girls were younger, my husband worked out of the house that worked out. But yes, they went to daycare and no, I wasn't always available to get into the classroom and volunteer and do all those things. So anything that I could do, of course, was always going to be over the top because this girl had working mom guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not home when you get home. Mm-hmm. I was latchkey a thousand years ago in third mm-hmm. grade before it before the word latchkey was a word. You know that mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was home for an hour before my mother got home from work. And back then in the seventies, you know, my mother worked cause she wanted to work. She was again, a rarity uh, because all the other women were home. Mm-hmm. I came, yeah. you know, I, I unlocked the door. So, and I don't think my mother had any guilt, uh, totally different error, but 
Yeah, no, I definitely always had working, working mom guilt for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was also a latchkey kid, but Mm -hmm. I recently realized that um, I didn't have a key. I was sitting on the front porch. Like, oh, I I had a key. That's very funny. <laughs> like my, I don't remember. I think it was my boyfriend that was like, I had a, I got you know, and I think I mentioned it to him, and he's like, really? Oh, that would have lasted for two seconds with me. Like, oh no, I'm I'm getting a key. Right. And um, so I, so funny. I didn't care. Yeah. My friend was across the street. It didn't matter. Like. Right. I just sat on the porch. I'd read a book or do. Mm-hmm. I was always writing. So I probably did some writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just, it wasn't a big deal. That is, that but, is so funny. Yeah, and of, it, and it is funny how that. like some people will uh, really dive into um, and like being in, I'll say the guilt pool because it's just never good enough. But in my in my age, and I'd like to think in some wisdom because I've crossed the finish line. I have the checkered flag. I have adults; they're doing fine. So when you look back in reflection, so many things that you did worry about and beat yourself up over. The, quite honestly, the kids don't even remember type thing. It, it didn't have. Uh, much of an effect on them as much as it did on us, the ones who are in the self-imposed place. Yeah. So the funny thing about that to me is, is um, in my journey, you know, I used Mm to, I used to spank. I also used to yell Mm -hmm. 99% more than I do now. So Mm -hmm. yelling still happens once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's not, it, it used to be a lot more. Sure. And, you know, my son was um, in, he was sitting in the car and he said something in a defeatist attitude about how he can't change. And I said, mm. people change all the time. Do you remember when I used to be mean mommy? And he goes, no. I'm like, really? <laughs> because I changed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't remember. Right. Um, right. You know, he remembers the name of the babysitter, but he never talks about like what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he sometimes thinks he remembers where she lived, but he's mm. never right. And um, but he doesn't remember. Mm. And, you know, there's part of me, the, the that mom guilt part of me that worries that that it's suppressed and that it's going to come up and bite him someday. But I'll be here. When it does, you know, I'll be able to answer whatever questions that he has that I know the answers to, because I still have a lot of questions about what happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but that's the beautiful thing is that the, the experiences that our kids have, they don't know there's another way. We know there's another way because we see it Mm -hmm. or we've experienced it. Right. They don't know there's another way. And I'm not saying like, let's, you know, take advantage of that and, and not do things that could enrich their lives. If we have the opportunity, but don't Mm -hmm. beat yourself up because you can't afford to go to the fair. Right. You know, 
it is amazing what they um what they remember and again so when i started this podcast uh, earlier in the year i think maybe on like my 6th or 7th episode i had my son and he's my youngest he's 25 i had and he's been my only male guest so far but i had him on cuz we were talking about uh, a lot of our family traditions, like we always did a big Sunday dinner. Uh, we always, we still do, we gather, we call them non-parties. No, it's not a party. It's a non-party. And and I just really wanted to get a read on what it was like from his perspective. Like, quite honestly, um, I've only recently, like my dad is uh, just turned 88. And in the last maybe four years, like we've really gotten some real talks in as far as what it was like for him raising, you know, a young family and when he was a father and we were just from the kid perspective, the amount of fear and worry that he had was really interesting because that he didn't realize that as a kid, because you're too busy being a kid. And now I wanted to really know, you know, what, what their experience was like. And and the things that he brought up that were just like, don't you forget I was the youngest. And so really you guys always forgot I was there. And I'm like, huh, you know what? You're probably right. You know, my girls were seven and 10 when he came along, we were older, we were, and he's like, yeah, you kind of, you know, I, I had a lot of time on my hands. I'm like, Hmm. Yep. Okay. That, <laughs> that one was right too, but he used it to his advantage and it was, Good to hear, you know, now I still hear the stories of, well, you know, yeah, this is how we used to sneak the alcohol in. And I'm like, all right, duly noted. Gotcha. You know, I'm I'm no fool to think that it didn't happen. Um, he was just good enough not to get caught. Yeah. So my, my, well, I don't want to say that. Someone in my family was really <laughs> good at sneaking, sneaking out and the stories I heard from that member of the family was like, right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I I think it's good to, you know, tell the story after as long as, you know, no one was harmed in the making of and while it was happening. And if you never got caught, fantastic. But it's, it really is interesting, you know, because I think we come from the, the standpoint of, yes, we, you know, we want to do our best and teach them and, and raise good humans. And then, the rest is there's only so much you can do. You've got a whole different set of a gene pool going on and, <laughs> and you, and you just hope those good decisions keep coming. Yeah. And, and it's really fun as a single mom uh, being triggered by your kids looking like his dad. <laughs> mm, yeah. I'm that's the thing that I'm processing right now is that you know when he wakes up in the morning he my son when he wakes up in the morning is not a happy camper and the Mm -hmm. looks that he gives me are the looks Mm. that I would receive as the wife Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sometimes Mm -hmm. as the ex-wife and it's just like it's like a dagger to your heart but 50% of the genes he's got them so and my mom always said you carry them around for nine months and they come out looking like their dad and you know and it's just it's amazing 
like, for example, my mom always talked about how I looked like my dad. So if anybody ever said that I looked like my mom, my mom would always say, cause you haven't met her dad. And one of realization that I had through my coaching was that I look at my mom and I just think she's this amazingly beautiful woman mm-hmm. and I look like my dad. And that's the connection that I, uh, I always made. When and you and you look like your dad, you're putting the period there, or you're extending the sentence with a little comma to say, I, I'm not as beautiful as she is. Yes, there's your sentence. Wow, you extended it without it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. on that. Good job. Right. And you know, that realization. And then one day I realized too, how invisible my mom feels Mm. that she doesn't like, I see myself in my son. Right. I see his dad, but I see he'll, Mm -hmm. and people will tell me he looks like me and has, you know, has this expression or that expression. Mm -hmm. And when he came out, everybody's like, oh my gosh, he's such his dad. And I'm like, I see me. 100% 100% I saw me. <laughs> um, yeah, that is so funny. That is and, that is interesting how you do feel. And I actually, I look like my father too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, there's this, there's this meme that says when a girl hears that she, she looks just like her dad and there's a picture of John Cena with a wig and a dress. Like that's what we hear. <laughs> That is not untrue, but that's actually, that's really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. So with mom guilt, and then I think we're going to go in, in, uh, expand a little. So it's something that it's almost a universal language. Do you, do you find that it's a universal language? I mean, as far as most of us can relate. I would say it's, um, the the Western European and American mm-hmm. vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, other cultures, to my, I I haven't talked to many other cultures, so I'm mm-hmm. primarily you know right. in in the United States. But um, I've I read there's a book called Hunt Gather Parents, and I'm not finished reading it, but it mm-hmm. it talks about how different culture's parents than us. And I think I've heard through conversation that they don't feel mom guilt, but in, in people that are probably listening to your cat, cat, uh, podcast, uh, yes, it's universal, except like men don't understand it. Hmm. How um, interesting. It is pri- I've had a couple of dads say, can you address dad guilt? And I'm like, no, I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Through that. And again, everybody, you know, everybody's luggage is different. Mine, mine might yeah. be multicolored red and yours is black, but unpack it, open up, open it up. And it might have mm-hmm. the same shit inside. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there was one mom on YouTube who did a video and, and she, this mom wrote in and said, I feel guilty for this, 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 this. And, and the mom um, answering the question said that uh, essentially that, Oh, mom guilt is a cop out. And 
that just lit up everything inside me. <laughs> Another so match like, thrown in. Go ahead. Yeah. Throw it throw it down, lady. I'll take you on. The beautiful thing is that when those matches get thrown, I create beautiful content. So I mm-hmm. need to get pissed off more often. <laughs> the coaching is working. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I get really complacent in my life because like I've gotten to the point where like I know how to find the joy in my life and I've created mm-hmm. a lot of peace in my life and mm-hmm. and then I forget that other people are suffering. And this mom's response was that guilt is a cop out and it's not. She said it's a cop out because it's lazy because mm. we think that beating ourselves up is a good alternative to making a change. So the what I teach is that mom guilt is a notification. So I was driving in my boyfriend's car and he's got one of those fancy cars that goes beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, when you're about it's to a hit warning. Somebody, it's a warning. warning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody pulls in front of me and it starts beeping and I'm driving the car and I yell at the car and I say, it's not my fault. They pulled in front of me. <laughs> And <laughs> um, and my boyfriend was like, "It's not accusing you of anything. It, mm. It's it's notifying you. It's letting you know." And and so, if you think about mom guilt as a notification, then the notification is there to let you know that your actions or inactions are out of alignment with what you believe a good mom does. Hmm. And so you have two choices. You can change the action, which is what this mom was alluding to that is a cop-out because you're just feeling guilty and not changing the action. Or you can change your belief around the action. So you brought up a huge one for moms. I'm a working mom. I feel guilty about working Mm -hmm. out of the home. Somebody else is raising my kid. Whatever you're Mm -hmm. attaching Mm -hmm. to that sentence, like you said, there's a comma there. Comma. Um, Uh, You know what? My next podcast would be like, put the period here. Change your freaking story. Like, I knew yours was going to go on. Like, you said your statement. I'm like, oh, there's more to that sentence. She has a comma, not a period. Like, mm -hmm. she, you know, you haven't met my husband yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there, you could, there's just there's always more to it so yeah I mean I think in um in this time that that we're living in even more so with social media you know with Pinterest with Insta with everything with life being styled before us um that it's easy to that and and the bar and the measure of your worth, your effectiveness as a person, as a wife, as a mother, as a friend, constantly, constantly measured. And then it's measured to a group of people that we didn't grow up with social media. Right. We 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 had normal personal. Inter, interpersonal connections. We used a landline. We, you know, we knocked on people's door. We had conversation. And then suddenly we went into this whole stratosphere. 
Where now we have not access to a dozen people that we know and what they're doing and how they're parenting and what their lives look like. Lots of room. The whole world. Yeah. And and boy, <laughs> and then, we we could just sit on top of Judge Judger Mountain all yeah. day. It would be like it would be almost like living at the airport and just people watching 24-7. Right. <laughs> and and there's just really, really creative people out there. I just watched a 60 minutes last night with my stepmom about this um this architect firm that uses the local you know, materials and the local labor to build a hospital. And they use the natural airflow to keep people from transmitting airborne diseases to each other. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that's incredible. And if I was an architect, I'd probably be beating myself up that I didn't think about that. You know what I mean? Mm, Like, it's just, it's super, it's all just how you identify yourself as like this mom has she's the Pinterest mom who has everything looking beautiful. I'm a mom. Everything doesn't look beautiful in my life. Mm-hmm. I must be what's a trap wrong? mom. What's what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And and then just keep trickling it down. Oh, and these poor kids. Damn, what am I going to do about them? It's how do I get them to st- you know how do I step up my game to? And meanwhile, you didn't raise them that way. You know they were used to. Just like, come on, let's have fun. And it's okay. We'll clean it up later. Yeah. yeah. And now it's get ready for the picture. Right. So, you know, back to like what you do to get out of the mom guilt mm. is, is like, first you have to figure out what the sentence is, right? Mm. You have to figure out that a good mom does mm. X, Y, Z, or a good mom doesn't X, Y, Z. Right. You have to figure out the sentence because the sentence is the belief. Yes. And we need to know what the belief is in order to either change the action or change the belief. Because if your belief was a good mom works or doesn't, doesn't work outside the home. Correct. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you quit your job and you get a home-based business and you're working in the home, but you still are taking your kid to daycare mm-hmm. and someone else is raising your kids. I'm using air quote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> air of quotes, course. That's mm-hmm. a big one for moms. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then you didn't solve the problem. And now you have a home-based business, but you still have your kid in daycare and someone else is raising them, it didn't fix the problem. So you've got to get into the belief Mm. of what it is. And then you change the action or you change the belief. I couldn't undo what I did. There was no changing the action. I kind of, I changed some actions. I, she never went, he never went to that babysitter Mm -hmm. again. Sure. Absolutely. He never went to anybody that I didn't trust. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, and let me tell you how my, you know, people suffered because of my lack of trust. (laughs) I laid into his dad. I've laid into my stepmom. Mm -hmm. I laid into my best friend who was his, I mean, because it turned into anybody that's not doing it my way is wrong. Right. That my way was the right way. 
And that's not, I don't always believe that that's true, but that was just like, if I, if that, at the time, the way I would do it, then it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the time, I I had zero awareness and I went back and I apologized to all of Mm. those people, whether Mm -hmm. they received it or not. I, I apologized. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very insightful. Yeah. Yeah. So much stuff. I was pushing him away because my, one of my defense mechanisms is I'm going to leave you before you have the chance to leave me or hurt mm. me. And I imagined that someday he was going to come back to me and be resentful of me for not protecting him. And I couldn't handle that. I loved him too much that so there's no way I could handle that kind of pain. And pain that you wrote that you thought about that was borrowed that, from the future <laughs> thank you you know you again kind of wrote the story not based on fact not based on events you had stuff that was based on events for sure but then you're going to just take it one step further one step and further. here's how that's going to play out and here's how he's going to think and here's how he's going to feel even though he doesn't know that part yet mm-hmm. I, I've I've done that in so many of my relationships. I'm just I'm a writer. My brain just does stuff and it mm-hmm. creates things. And and then sometimes I wasn't very good at at, at separating the fact from the fiction. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. now you know, and and through the process, and I'm sure in, in all the coaching and and the tools that you do have to work with that. It's never always perfect, but as you said, when I, when I, I'm a yeller and when I still yell, but now I can catch myself or now, and I've, with, with age comes again, hopefully a little, a little more wisdom. And I do the same where we're programmed. We we've done it for so long. It's a knee jerk reaction. It's almost as easy as breathing the air when my son was recently changing jobs. He lives by the beach with a bunch of guys, great place. And he's like, well, I'm going to change jobs and I'm going to do sales and I'm going to do this. And my initial reaction was, well, just, you know, make sure you budget your money, make sure you have enough, you know, for rent. Because if, if, if you miss your rent, then you're going to have to move, you know, wah, 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 10 minutes of that. And I hung up and I was just like, why did I even say that? Because that's me. I called him back. I said, do me a favor. Don't listen to a word I said. I said, you're going to be fine. I know you're going to be fine. And here's why I said that. I've never been a party of one. I, My husband and I dated for a while. I lived at home. After we got married, we were a party of two. Then I have my daughter. Like we've always, I've always had other people in my life that I could never just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to switch jobs with the dreaded without having another one. And that was, it was just all me coming at him. So I'm like, you're going to be fine. Disregard. Don't listen to a word I said. And he's like, of course, he's looking at the phone like, who are you and what did you do with my mother? But I was happy I was able to recognize that. That's my shit, not his. And I love that because it goes back to like, we're not perfect. We are human. Mm-hmm. We have our own baggage. And mm-hmm. sometimes that baggage leaks out onto other people. 
Mm. It just, it just does. And there's nothing wrong with coming back to your child and saying, Oh God, yeah. Really sorry that I lost my mind. Mm -hmm. And here's what happened in my head because the statement that my mom made, she looks like her dad. Mm. I I've had conversations with her now about that. And she goes, you just, I, I never said you weren't beautiful. Cause she didn't, she didn't, but you heard that, but that's what I heard. And yeah, I just, kids make meanings. And a lot of times kids make disempowering meaning. And so that's why when your parents get divorced, you think it's your fault. Mm. But if you come to your kid and you say, you know what, mom and dad just don't get along and we will be happier in separate homes. And I mean, that's what I've said to my son. He still asks mm-hmm. us to get back together. And I have no idea mm-hmm. why, because he never experienced that, you know, consciously, mm-hmm. like he was Correct. 14 months when we split. It's just a basic desire, I guess, that that all kids have. And, you know, but if you go, if you explain it to them, they'll take your reason. They'll listen to your reason. Yeah. They won't make their own disempowering reason and say, you know what? My mom's lying. It's totally my fault that my parents got divorced. Yeah. They don't, they don't do that. It's such a valid point. And, and I, and so important because a lot of times, again, we say stuff intended for one way. And because we say it, because we deliver it, then we assume, we assume that that is how it's received with the exact intention that we said it with. When in fact, you know, you are the perfect example, but you amongst millions walking on this earth, a simple statement that you always heard, but you just heard it in the wrong way. But if we took the extra time to, especially on on important things, on heavy things, and, and even, you know, just to make sure like, hey, this is really where I'm coming from. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it just... It, it it almost equals the playing ground, but more importantly, it, I think, opens up more conversation. Kids have a lot to say. They have a lot to say. They're feeling a lot. <laughs> and a lot of times when you're, when, you know, so how was your day? How was school? You know, the pepper of the questions, everything is fine, fine, fine. And you've got to be there at the time when they're ready to talk. And and it'll come at whenever. I used to always drive my kids. I could care less. And, oh, oh, we're going an hour away? Okay, sure. Who are we picking up? You got it. I would hear so much in that car ride. So yeah. much. It's, you know, they they can definitely open up or you, just during quiet times. And usually never on your schedule, by the way. So. Never just be <laughs> just be ready for it, and uh, yeah, sometimes that's yeah. Uh, that's important. One thing that I really loved um, about the personal development journey that I've gone through mm-hmm. is that you know when I was growing up, you didn't give attitude to your parents like that mm-hmm. wasn't a thing. Nope, not um, an option. So when my son 
gives me an attitude, it's out of the norm for him. And so when I'm in my good and clean, healthy, <laughs> I'm doing wearing my your coaching hat. Yes. Wearing uh-huh. my coaching hat. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and he gives me an attitude. I, and I remember I just looked at him and I was like, why, why are you talking to me like that? Hmm. And instead of how dare you mm. don't, you don't talk mm. to me like that. Okay. So mm. that's a statement. He doesn't have anything to say to a statement with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. But when I ask a question, like, mm. how come you're talking to me like that? I get not, then his response is, I'm sorry, mom, I'm in a bad mood. Okay. Okay. So now I got a genuine apology and I've learned a new, infor- I've learned some new information. Mm-hmm. He's in a bad mood. Oh, did you want to talk about that? Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> okay, cool. I knew what he was upset about because mm-hmm. I was there to witness it. And I know mm-hmm. how he, you know, he's my child for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, that is a smart, smart tool because you're right. A statement, there's, there's no rebuttal on it and there's no opportunity to have one. Not a good one. Not, Not a, a good, good one. one. Because usually an exclamation point is returned with an exclamation point, either in internally for them or mm-hmm. externally, but you're not getting any new information. Like they're either going to lash back out at you or they're going to internalize it. Like my feelings aren't important. I'm not important. My mom doesn't love me. Like that's how that goes. Mm. And quickly. When we- and very quickly. Yeah. Mm. It's just, yeah. So yeah, I was just going to kind of summarize like mom guilt is just, it's, it's a thing that keeps us from parenting cleanly. It's a thing that, that stops us from, um, from enjoying the present moment mm. because we are living in the past. And not just living in the past, we're beating ourselves up for the past, for stuff that we can't, literally can't change. Can't change anything from this moment beyond. Correct. But you can change this moment and you can make a decision in this moment, I'm going to change. Um, It's difficult on our own to sustain the change. Mm Mm-hmm you know, but it's, you know, it's possible. We need something more than willpower though. We need a reason behind it. So for some people out there, and I know that, you know, any type of coaching is, is really helpful. It really reframes the, uh, and, and it can reframe the way that you look, that you've looked at things or that you felt or, or that you've identified with throughout your life. But for, for those out there that perhaps coaching, um, maybe not for them, maybe a little uh, financially out of reach, are there um, other steps to just start to work on yourself? Like, do is there maybe a journal exercise or as you said you know like who who do you think you are who are you why do you think that or why why are you what why are you feeling that way like what are some 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 things that people can do to start the process 
there's a million free resources out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, My mind went immediately to books, Mm -hmm. but as, as would mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there's, you know, I started reading probably the first, maybe second parenting book that I read was called uh, no drama discipline Mm. because I had drama Mm. inside the discipline. And I was Mm -hmm. like, really good marketing right there. (laughs) And I learned so much from that book about, and I mean, I, the only thing that I consciously remember is to connect before you are lecturing and teaching and before the discipline Mm -hmm. is connect with them because if they're on level 10, they're not hearing anything that you're saying and you yelling at them or lecturing them in any, or trying to teach anything is not mm-hmm. being received. You're, you might as well be talking to the wall. It's their brain is incapable right. <laughs> of listening. Like mm-hmm. think about you when you're in oh, sure. that state, like, yeah. are you listening to any, like anybody's advice? No, no. Um, so that connection and for me and him, the connection is, I just ask him if he wants a hug because Mm. a lot of times he'll just come to me and he'll just be activated and super upset and about school or about whatever. Sometimes the video game's not doing what he wants it to do. And right. I um, hate when that happens. Right. So disappointing. And you know, I'll just, I just look at but it. But it's important to him at the time. I shouldn't 100%. dismiss it. It's right. important yeah. to him at the time. Right. It's not important to me in any way, shape no. or form, but it's, it, right. it's so much important to him that he's crying about it. Mm-hmm. And my response is, do you want a hug? And nine times out of 10, he says, yes. Mm. And when he says no, give it about 10 minutes and he'll ask for a hug. And so that, but you asked about personal development. That's about parenting. They all play hand in hand. They really, really they really do. Yeah. Because to me, Dr. Dan Siegel is the one that wrote um, that book. He, he Mm -hmm. co-writes a lot of books, but Mm -hmm. um, he wrote that one. And then the other book that I think is beautiful for parents and it's, it's um, personal development. Mm-hmm. is called parenting from the inside out and I love that um, title mm-hmm. mm. yeah and so it i'm i'm in a uh, a course right now with a with a coach that we're, we're doing a deep dive into the book um and it's basically i bought the book i didn't read the book i was had her as a guest on my podcast and i was telling her what i do in my in these situations where mm-hmm. I'm, you know, where I get upset and come mm-hmm. back to my son and, or at first I like kind of do a body scan where I'm like, okay, where did that come from? Mm. Right. Kind of like what I did with the feeling irrationally angry. It's like, okay, where did that come from? What, you know, oh, he said this, uh, I yeah. thought that mm-hmm. it made me feel this. And then mm-hmm. I reacted. Okay, great. And she said, well, that's, you like perfectly described what they talk about in 
in parenting from the inside out. And I was like, oh, I feel so special. I never perfectly <laughs> describe anything. <laughs> <clears throat> but, but, yet that, it, but yet it could be that easy. It's never yeah. easy. You have to remember to... Okay, so you, ha- you have the, to the stop of- the, the moment. Just take a breath, take a moment, yeah. step away. Yeah. And you have to get out of the beating yourself up space mm-hmm. because I could yell at my son and then sit in at my desk and beat myself up for an hour. But who did that help? It didn't help right. me. It right. certainly didn't help him. He's not feeling right. any better. I'm not feeling any better. Right. Like there's, Personal development, like step one, is getting to know yourself and understanding yourself and understanding that if you don't like something like a belief or a behavior, it's it's possible to change it. And then if you can't hire a coach, there's free resources out there. Yeah. Just take everything with a grain of salt because not everything out there is good. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think like like in life in general, quite honestly, yeah. it's there's yeah. so much out there and and the right one hopefully speaks to you and finds its way to you when when it should. So oh my goodness, we could keep going. Yeah. But I think what we'll do is we'll in season two which is almost here because I know there's a lot more to you and (laughs) not just guilty moms. No, 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 no. A lot, lot more. So I'm going to leave everyone hanging for that. Uh, And then first tell us again, uh, the name of the book Uh, you mentioned the podcast, which I didn't uh, mention. So please talk about that title where we can find you and uh, wherever you're located on social. Go. Yeah. So uh, my book is called Good Moms Don't uh, Ditch Mom Guilt and Find Your Happy. Uh Um, I have to pause because if you read it as a sentence, it says good moms don't ditch mom guilt. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) it is a subtitle. It is a subtitle. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah, uh, which is available on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, if it's too much to remember uh, to type into Amazon, you can go to my website, which is alishalyons.com, A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S.com. And it's under the book tab. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a podcast called Imperfect Momming, mm-hmm. Better Parenting Through Self-Healing. Uh, because what I realized was as I became a better person, I became a better parent. And that's goes hand in hand. That's what it's all about, you know? And yeah. And just really digging into we dig into a lot of the issues that moms deal with. And and I it's always guest driven because I love mm-hmm. talking to other coaches too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I've never had a man guest. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I think um and it's funny because I have a lot of male listeners and mm-hmm. and they give me a lot of good feedback and I think in season 2 I'm going to open a little platform to kind of dig into the male mind in some ways and I think we're going to find a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. You know, we all we all have our beliefs and our insecurities and mm-hmm. we keep it tightly tightly shut behind the armor behind the vault and sometimes it's overrated yeah and I've got about five men the names like just Uh Uh just from my community yeah yeah Um, it's it's good to hear from both sides yeah you know it's really good and and it just we're not we're not the only ones we we we, you know (laughs) it, it it just happens across the board and it's a matter of um Everyone deserves the healing and awareness. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's really impactful for men to hear other men going through Mm -hmm. a healing journey. Mm -hmm. And, and so you'll have to let me know if any, any men got mad about my men don't understand mom guilt. I, I will. I'll definitely, I'll definitely keep you in the loop on that for sure. My editor for my book. Funny. Uh, he was a man. And when I told him about it, he was like, what's mom guilt? I'm like, Mm. okay, (laughs) let us begin. (laughs) You'll be happy with this assignment, buddy. Oh, that is so funny. So this is media. I'm at mom support coach on uh, Twitter Uh, and Instagram and Facebook. Okay. And if there's any moms listening, yeah. If there's any moms listening who want to join my Facebook group, it's um, it's called um, what is it called? Moms conquering guilt. Moms conquering guilt. So all of this is going to be in the show notes because it's a lot mm-hmm. of places we can find you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're gonna wait for season two because there's there's more there's more to uh, to this story. It leads down a whole different path. And then maybe between the two of us on our podcast, we're going to have men and open the platform and see what it's about. Let's <laughs> let's see where it leads us. Yeah. With that, I thank you. Thank you for your time. Really, really appreciate the talk and getting to know your story. It's an, it's been an honor. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to good to chat with you. So thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. As always, we're going to put everything that you heard today in the show notes. Okay, let's go for comments. Get them on that website, joyfoundhere.com. And until next week, be well and just be kind to yourself. We're doing the best that we can. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.